0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flowing Sunflower podcast. Today with me, I have my co-host, Sahar. Sahar and I are good friends, and we know each other from volunteering, doing harm reduction together. And today, I am so excited to talk to her about some of her work that she does with an organization that we are both so passionate about, Um, But first, I want to let her introduce herself. So, hey, Sahar. Hi, thank you so much for having me.
1: Um, It's just an honor to be here and to reconnect with you. Um, Yeah, my name is Sahar Rajput. I am the fiscal sponsorships and grants officer at the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. So, thank you for having me.
0: You mentioned that you work for Maps, and you said you said all the acronyms. So, if you could just kind of briefly explain what Maps is. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So um, Maps is named the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Uh, we were founded by the revolutionary Rick Doblin, who has had a mission to um, legalizing uh, MDMA. Uh, Psychedelic assisted therapy, and um, he's been on this mission for the last thirty years, and it's uh, we're moving towards it. But aside from that, we also do other projects. We focus on supporting grassroots organizations. We focus on supporting new, innovative research, policy and advocacy efforts to help decriminalize uh, psychedelics. Uh, so we're really in a lot of different spaces.
0: Sounds like we've got some policy work going on. We've got some research work going on, which probably is connected with the policy work. In your experience with this realm, um, I want to ask a little bit about your perspective on psychedelics. I
1: really feel like the approach to Psychedelics has to be nonpartisan and nonpartisan in the sense that everyone has access to education and the resources that they need to make an educated decision when they decide to, you know, partake in um, psychedelic related activities. I feel that way we are having, we have safer communities and more educated communities that can make responsible decisions for themselves. I think there is a lot of everyone needs to do psychedelics and that's the only way to healing. And then there's the other side that like says, psychedelics is so bad for you. So to me, why can't we just have all the information available so that the user can make the best decision for themselves? Um, I had a profound experience with psychedelics with a person I was very close to that I am very close to and um, it was a negative experience and um, it impacted their life. Um, they were at a, at a concert and um, they were willingly partaking in smoking marijuana and then ended up realizing that it had DMT in it, which they did not consent to. And um, it actually ended up leading to have a, like a three-year psychosis and they were depressed and suicidal after it. And um, it was very hard to be with this person and I wasn't educated at that time on how to handle it. So once I started learning a little bit more about MAPS, which is really where my introduction came in about harm reduction and how to take care of yourself after a situation like this, it kind of brought me to the other side on how this negative experience can be used to, can be used to change our, our lives. And uh, one thing that Rick Doblin says that I really love is not all hard things are bad, and that's really what I took out from it. So we worked together to get through this experience and really get them to a better mental health space and just realize that this was an experience that they went through that was needed to get to the other side so In the beginning, it was a tough experience, but after we were educated on how to deal with it, we were able to make it, um, we were able to move forward from it and it was a positive reflection at the end.
0: I think when we talk about psychedelics, there is that concern, which is in some ways valid. Like you mentioned, like it was a negative experience, but I think that what you are, Um, describing through this experience is that it's more complex than just good and bad and that it can transform and that we can uh, develop those experiences over time and it can develop our perspectives and our interactions with psychedelics and with even just our own stories and yeah And it's, and it's awesome that, you know, from that experience, you used it to empower and educate yourself so that you can empower and educate others. And I think that that is just such a a beautiful, um, a beautiful blossoming out of that experience.
1: It was a very difficult experience in the beginning. And, you know, this was like the height of COVID. So you know, we were, we were going, we were going into COVID and everything was happening. So we were really relying on the resources that we had available to us. And at that time, I wasn't educated on how to get the answers that I needed. And then thankfully, because of the um, psychedelic community, I was able to touch base with um, a a colleague that used to work at BAPS, Marita Christensen. And she really, Helped me dive into how to how to get through this process, but if I didn't have that person help me and lead me and give me those resources, I really don't know where um, where we would be. And it's a little frightening because some people can stay in these in these spaces and not know how to move forward. So that's why I'm so committed to mission App maps because i just want everyone to have access to the education and resources that they need to make a decision whether whether that means that they don't partake in psychedelics or whether that means that they do at the end of the day we should have the freedom to make our own choices
0: mm, yes and it, it is a spectrum the experiences can be on anywhere on the spectrum whether like you said whether you are the one partaking or not So I think through this story, it is important to recognize that spectrum, um, but also to remember that, you know, it can have that long-term impact. I kind of want to get into maybe a different um, aspect of your perspective. So the intersection of your identities and your psychedelic advocacy work?
1: Thank you for asking that question. Um, So I am a a Muslim woman um, in the field of psychedelics, and I feel like that's a very powerful uh, space to be in. Um, There's not not a lot of people in the psychedelic ecosystem that look like me and um, practice my faith. And um, to be one of those in this unique Space allows me to have a unique perspective. Um, I have the amazing privilege to be um, to be a to be a supervisor of uh, Ismail Ali, who is um, a Pakistani and uh, who's also Colombian. So he practices his, the Muslim faith and. It's just amazing to me because I've never, in my 28 years of living, I've never had a supervisor that was Muslim. So when I came to MAPS, I was like, wow, this is the place for me. And I, and it's different for people like me who've never had that connection um, on that level. So um, that was like my introduction to MAPS. And I think how my identity impacts my perspective is, you know, being a Muslim, um, we, there's in most religions there's, the conser- there's a conservative side and we do have a conservative side and I was raised in more of a conservative setting and when that happens you get really restricted and not don't have the capacity to um, express yourself and I felt like you can do that with psychedelics you can be yourself you can be open you can um, you can let people in and you and that's the thing that I take from my faith is my faith teaches me to give back and to be open-minded. And I think that's why I relate so much to psychedelic use or have wanted to be in this space because I want people to feel that they have a space to be themselves, um, especially during the times that we're in now. And, you know, with everything that's going on with the world, we need more compassion, we need more humanity, we need more love. And um, I feel like, you know, it's really woo woo to say psychedelic psychedelics can do that. Um, But I think it allows you that space. And when we had Psychedelic Science 2023, um, I had the amazing opportunity to see a panel with um three religious scholars um one that uh, spoke about judaism one that spoke about christianity and one that spoke about islam and the speaker that uh spoke about islam said psychedelics have helped me get closer to god have helped me get closer to my community and have helped me get closer to my faith and i really connected with that because there's a lot there's a lot of shame that goes into being in this industry um being a Muslim. So the fact that they were able to say that to me gave me a lot of relief that there are people that are Muslim that use this medicine um, to heal those traumas and help heal others.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. No, I really loved hearing about that. That is really beautiful. And I love that relief piece that you mentioned, because that it seems that your faith is so important to you and your community is so important to you. And, you know, you, you feel that you are doing good through this work and I perceive that you're doing good through this work. I love that you're doing this work. And to have that comfort and reminder when you're maybe hearing different things or feeling different things, or maybe even just the general stigma, whether it's through, you know, the connection to your faith or not. Um, I'm glad that you had that, that feeling, that recognition that you are helping people, you are doing really amazing work. And with that, I want to kind of transition into the work that you're doing because, It's so cool. It's so interesting to me as a nonprofit nerd. I just think what you're doing is amazing. So, if you could explain what it is that you do for MAPS, you had kind of mentioned it earlier, but if you could kind of dive in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say that, um, you know, MAPS is a group of amazing, talented people. And I am one part of this small organization. And then there are so many people within. MAPS but also the ecosystem that are working towards um, decriminalizing all drugs and psychedelic assisted therapy and it really has taken a village to like move us forward and um, we really couldn't have done a lot of the work that we ha- we have done without support of our community members and as well as the people other people that are working within MAPS so I just wanted to, to highlight them as well. Um, What I specifically do is the, I have two roles kind of. So the first role is the fiscal sponsorships officer. A lot of people might not know what fiscal sponsorships is. So I'm just going to explain it really quickly. And basically that allows for a 501c3 nonprofit, which is MAPS to lend their nonprofit status to other organizations that are advancing the MAPS mission and that are working on charitable activities. And who are also working towards a 501c3. So it's kind of like a transitionary support for them, for them to be able to get um, tax-deductible donations from donors. This helps them um, get access to higher-range donors and helps them advance their mission as well. So that's the first first project that I work on, and that's really focused on community-based work and grassroots organization work. And then the second part is the grants officer, which is fairly new to MAPS. It started in the grants team started in 2023. Um, I'm sorry, in April 2023, and um, it's pretty traditional grant making work. So we focus on providing grants to policy and advocacy uh, based projects, psychedelic research, and um, community and education based projects. So basically give funds to other projects that are working to advance the MAPS mission
0: as well. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for that description. And I would like to maybe touch on some of the, some of that worked as well. So I know that um, you have done some work with the Denver First Responder project Um, So if you could explain what that is and how is it going?
1: Yeah, the Denver First Responder Project is actually a very unique project that is hosted within the MAPS Policy and Advocacy Department. So it started after the Denver um, psilocybin panel had voted for MAPS to create a first responder training. Um, This was after the use of psilocybin was passed in uh, in the city of Denver, and basically this is a training for first responders. So we're talking about Denver police, uh, Denver fire, Denver EMTs, and uh, Denver mental health. It allows for them to understand when they seek when when they're going out on calls, um, they can seek out if someone is having a psychedelic. Related crisis and how to actively um, re- how to actively handle that appropriately. Um, typically, we see that it goes and it escalates. So our prime responsibility is to is to showcase how to deescalate the situation. So we worked on a curriculum. Um, this was with the harm reduction officer Sarah Gale, who really focused on building the curriculum. Um, She has over 10 years of harm reduction training. So she focused on building that curriculum along with um, outside stakeholders. And after that curriculum was built, we focused on actually creating the product. So myself and uh, parts of the policy advocacy team um, were working, worked with a video production company to make this come to life. So we had three Um, subject matter experts. Um, so we had Sarko Gagarian, who focused on the police, um, police video. He is a police officer, I believe for the city of Boston. Then we had, um, Sarah Gale, who is our harm reduction officer, harm reduction officer at MAPS, who talked about, um, who did the EMT slash mental health one. And then we have, I'm sorry, she focused on the mental health one. And then we have, um, Kate, who who is a nurse, or um, who is a is a nurse, and also worked on Inzendo project at Burning Man, and was able to provide us support for the um, for the EMT one. So we did a lot of work to make sure we had the right people that focus on this project, and we recorded all these all these trainings and then are in our last phase of deploying this to the city of Denver. So that is currently a work in progress, but this has been a three-year project that has had many people holding it and we are very close to, to the finish line on it.
0: Amazing, seriously amazing. Um, I remember reading in the news when that first started and how it was fairly successful right off the bat, Um, I think the compassion piece that you were talking about before plays a huge role in that, as well as the education. And I think the combination of those two things is creating some really great results. So thank you for touching on that. Um, I want to kind of uh, wrap this up a little bit by uh, asking, how can people get involved and support MAPS? um yeah oh my favorite question
1: um there are many ways to support maps so i would say if you're looking to get involved um you can absolutely volunteer with maps we need a lot of volunteer support um, when we go to conferences festivals um that is a great way to get involved and also to you know just learn more about the psychedelic ecosystem. And then another way is to donate to us, um, you know, whatever you can to support us. So you can donate to maps at maps.org donate, um, whatever you're willing to give, we would really appreciate it. And this allows us to help further our mission in psychedelic assisted therapy, as well as other initiatives related to policy and advocacy, community, and harm reduction efforts so whatever you guys can give we would really appreciate it
0: thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today sahar and shout out to maps what an amazing organ And, you know, listeners, if you are feeling inspired about this topic, I really encourage you to go check out their site, check out what they are doing, because it's pretty incredible. Thank you for having me. This was my
1: first experience and you're a lovely host. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to reconnecting again.